We're back with BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Mariners, Mariners are a team that's battling for a potential potent- division title. They're a game back in the division. They're up uh, 2-1 on Cincinnati right now in the third inning. Get them on the money line, minus 200. Nobody My wants Mariners, that price. baby. Bah. My yeah. Mariners-Cubs yeah. World Series is about to come true. Mariners-Cubs. That'd be fun, actually. 9- to 12-year-old Horvat would be in heaven. Mariners Cubs. <laughs> I would be able to die a happy man at age 12 if I got that. If I get it this year, I'll probably be happy, to be honest. Well, I would be happy. I got futures on both teams. So that'd be, uh, that'd be a good result. All right. Uh, Boston's also at one nothing on Tampa right now, too, is the Rays. I'm telling you, they're not winning that division. It's over. No, Orioles three and a half back. Yeah. Orioles a big it's game done. tonight. Yeah, already down one nothing with and, and also Boston has a runner on third, so. There's also that. All right, but you know what? That's baseball. We've done baseball all damn summer. We got the NFL starting up tomorrow. We got Dan Carpook, BetQL's managing editor, jumping on. Let me try that again. BetQL's managing editor jumping on with us. Hi, Dan. I can't speak. As you know, sometimes I struggle using my words. Uh, so I'm going to try to just use my words a little bit better with you. Good to see you, buddy. Um, so this Travis Kelsey, say, or, uh, Chiefs, Lions, and, and, like the movement of this game, and we're trying to figure out, you know, like, at this point, like, I understand how important Travis Kelsey is to that offense, but at the same time, we watched this game go from six and a half, it's now down to four and a half at BetMGM. I mean, is he really worth two points for the Chiefs when you still have Patrick Mahomes under center? So what's pretty interesting here is usually we see quarterbacks move the line like like crazy. We see the quarterbacks, obviously, the most important position on the field. But with Kelsey, what's really interesting, we simulated this game 10,000 times with Kelsey playing and 10,000 times without him playing. And we had the Chiefs winning by four with him playing and winning by one and a half without (laughs) him playing. So basically, uh, he's worth two and a half points in our simulation, which is shocking. When when I had the the, the, our our guys run the simulation, they came back to me. They were shocked themselves at how important he was to this offense. Um, So right now, with him out, we still have the Chiefs with a a little bit of an edge there, but the Lions uh, are probably the team to, to back against the spread right now. Let's talk about props in this game and how Kelsey, even if he plays, given the fact that he's seriously hampered, how do you think that affects uh, Chiefs' offensive game game plan and what we should take for props there? Oh yeah, I'm. But, so I think we're going to see a lot of the the playbook when Tyreek Hill was there. Those those small little dump offs, those little crossing routes in the middle of the field, trying to get those playmakers the ball. But I think someone like Jarek McKinnon is really really going to come into play here. Right when I saw the Kelsey news break, I jumped on his props as soon as I possibly could. Um, let's not forget that. Last season, in the last six regular season games, he had eight receiving touchdowns, nine total in that span. Um, so his his receiving prop right now is over 26 and a half. I love that. To score a touchdown is plus 140. I think that I, I really don't care if Isaiah Pacheco, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire are going to split time with him. I think they're going to find ways to get him the ball because Patrick Mahomes, does have to throw the ball to somebody. Um, there's a lot of these kind of no-name guys right here uh, where we're talking about like people like Marquez Valdez-Scantling as his number one option on the outside. I think, you know, with Mahomes probably going to rack up three-plus touchdowns like he's done in all of his week one performances over five seasons in the NFL, he has to throw them to somebody. So I like someone like McKinnon, a veteran who can jump right in there and uh, be relied upon to, to find the end zone. 
Dan, obviously a pretty high total. It's 52.5 right now, so Detroit most likely going to score some points as well. Anybody um, that you're targeting player props or that maybe the model likes? Yeah, absolutely. So David Montgomery, a um, little bit of buzz around him this week here. I love his over 53.5 rushing yards and to score touchdowns. So his rushing yards yes. is minus 110. To yeah. score touchdowns, minus 105. You and I, <laughs> there we like go. Jameer Gibbs. We're on the David Montgomery anytime touchdown. Yes, so that's music that. to our ears yeah. right now. I love it. I love it. Well, Jameer Gibbs is obviously going to be a part of the game plan here, but it's Montgomery who signed what is probably going to go down as one of the richer running back deals in recent memory. <laughs> and if looking back a few years from now with that three-year $18 million deal in the offseason, the Chiefs are going to be most notably here without that all-pro defensive tackle Chris Jones while he awaits the new contract. And I think that's going to pretty much free up a lot of running room in the middle of the field here. And I think he's going to be used as that more traditional back where Jameer Gibbs, who I also love, which kind of blends into my next pick of over 32 and a half receiving yards and over three and a half receptions for him. Um, those two running backs, I think, are going to see a lot of usage in this game. And obviously, how do we get the ball away from Patrick Mahomes? Well, we keep running the football. We keep the clock running. We keep the ball out of his hands because he can't light you up if he doesn't have the opportunity to. Um, so I think, uh, you know, Jameer Gibbs is someone he listed a goal of recording 1,000 rushing and 500 receiving yards this year pretty publicly. Uh, Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson hinted that he could be quote-unquote used in some ways that people don't think we might. So I think there's some uh, pretty some pretty cool hints there that he's going to be used probably in the slot, maybe even on the outside for screen passes out there. But they're going to want to give their dynamic rookie the ball, I think, quite a bit here in the opener. I'm so glad you said that because I love Jameer Gibbs and his potential in this offense. And using him as a receiver, I feel like he's going to be like Reggie Bush early in his career with the Saints where he caught like 86 passes or something his rookie year. So when you look at Jameer Gibbs, and not just this game, obviously, because you've gone down. The, I took the over three and a half on his receptions as well. That's gone from minus 105 to minus 130 now. So it makes me feel pretty good that that's at least moved in that direction. But let's look at maybe even just kind of this team for the, the season, right? Like, it's tough when you have rookies. You don't necessarily know what their role is going to be, but we can sometimes get an idea. Do you see Jameer Gibbs being somebody week after week that's used maybe more in the passing game where we target more of his receiving props because they're just more dependable because David Montgomery maybe takes away some of the rushes? Oh, 100%. And I think another factor here is considering the Lions' defense. Like, thinking back to last season, they were in a lot of shootouts. Not only, That wasn't because of how good their offense was. It was because of how terrible their defense was. So if they struggled defensively again, that just increases Jameer Gibbs' floor as a receiver. Um, getting those chunk plays, it, becoming that security blanket for Jared Goff. Um, if the offensive line struggles at any point, the offensive line I think is going to be pretty good this year. Um, but I think both of these teams are going to put up tons of points. And before I, I can't, I can't move on to the next topic. If you guys have something planned, before I mention the craziest trend I've seen all week, and I have to give a little hat tip here to Ralph Michaels of Wager Talk. Mm -hmm. He put this on Twitter. The over has gone 19-0-1 in the last 20 season openers combined for these two teams. So Detroit's games have gone over by 13.04 points per game, and KC's games have gone over by 11.4 points per contest on average. So I like the over 52.5. 
long story short but that trend really took me by surprise wow wow let's shift over because nick mentioned rookies and we've had a lot of conversations about jordan addison and where he's going to be uh and he's listed right now as a backup but so is justin jefferson in his rookie year and he balled the f out adam thielen uh averaged 6.3 targets per game last uh last season before they moved on do you think jordan addison is going to take the lion's share of those targets like, what do you see for him? 100%. I think that initial depth chart was probably just uh, a little coach speak, maybe trying to light the fire <laughs> under him a little bit because uh, this guy's a baller and he could, he could obviously, is going to step in uh, right away. Um, and I think, obviously, we're going to see uh, a lot of double teams on Justin Jefferson. Uh, we know what he could do. So that's going to put, I think, a guy like Addison in a really, really advantageous spot, especially in week one, I would say, against the Buccaneers' pass funnel defense uh, that really sells out against stopping the run. I think we could see a huge game from him. Uh, maybe attack one of those alternate lines. I might have to get on this right after we talk here. I, I think uh, Jordan Addison's definitely someone to look at this week. I'm really high in that game, too, by the way. Mm -hmm. Dan, what are some of your other favorite plays? Let's uh, stick with the NFL here. Anything else that you're looking at uh, this weekend? Yeah, so right away I circled Commanders minus seven versus the Cardinals. Now the BetQL model is with me on this one, and I know, uh, Nick, you must be smiling at this pick yes. here, but uh, Eric Bieniemy, I think, uh, taking come. over at, at offensive <laughs> coordinator, I think that's going to make a difference. The Cardinals are also very clearly tanking. Um, so I love the commanders and the model is on them as well. The Eagles minus four at the Patriots. Um, as someone who follows the Patriots pretty closely living in Connecticut over here, I don't trust the Patriots offense, even if Bill O'Brien's back. The, the problem is the personnel that's going to be on the field. Apparently, Juju Smith-Schuster has some major knee concerns going on. Uh, I'm not a believer in Mac Jones. And the Eagles, despite losing both coordinators, you could make the argument here that every position – every position on the field they have an advantage in um so i love the eagles to take care of business there on the road uh the seahawks minus five and a half versus the rams no cooper cup uh means it's going to be pretty hard for the rams to do much offensively um although i do like some of the uh lesser known guys that you know it's 2-2 at well season here you know you know me nick with the obscure player props yes uh dating back from our time together um <laughs> but uh i think on the other end here geno smith tyler lockett dk metcalf kenneth kenneth walker i think they're going to be do basically doing whatever they want on the offensive end against a Rams secondary that is the most inexperienced in football. I think this is going to be a complete onslaught. Uh, the Seahawks are going to win big. And then the last two here, I love the Buccaneers Vikings over. It's 45 and a half right now. Both of these teams love to pass the ball. Um, yes, it is Baker Mayfield. Yes, <laughs> I understand that. However, uh, when you have weapons like, you know, Mike Evans, uh, Chris Godwin, um, I think he's going to be able to move the ball. And if he doesn't, hey, how about a pick six or two? Uh, that sounds great to me. And on the other end, uh, the Vikings, no Dalvin Cook. Um, they've already passed the ball a ton within their offensive system. Last season, I think they're going to be fully committed to that once again here. So over 45 and a half, just a lot of opportunities with the ball in the air, I think, in this game. And then finally, my last uh, play here is the Dolphins Chargers over 51. This is going to be really fun to watch, I think. We're going to have potential for offensive fireworks here. Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Quinton Johnson, Gerald Everett yep. for the Chargers. 
Uh, new offensive coordinator Kellen Moore also. Um, he could maybe open things up with with his passing style. Um, and then for the Dolphins, Tua, Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, Raheem Mostert. I love Raheem Mostert when he's healthy. All big play threats in Mike McDaniel's offense. And I think that that soars over. And I think uh, that's going to be an awesome afternoon game to watch. In, yeah, I'm I bet that game when it, was, when it was down at 50. So I'm glad to hear you're on that same side there too. Talking to Dan Carpick, bet MGM tonight. We've got a couple minutes left here. I want get to get to some college with you at least quickly here. Uh, we know Colorado stole the show. Week one of college football, fine. Now they're three-point favorites against Nebraska. Are you buying into the Colorado hype, or are you more on the Nebraska side in this game? Oh, I'm. I'm. I was on the. I was on the hype at, at the end of the first quarter. Um, <laughs> electric, electric personalities. This is what I want to see. Like, uh, of course, you know, maybe we don't want to go full like WWE here, but I love the personality. I love the swag from this team, and I'm absolutely bought in. Nebraska lost thirteen to ten at Minnesota last week. Of course, Colorado went into TCU and showed a team that made it pretty far last season. Yes, there was a lot of turnover, but that that was a huge, huge, huge win and a huge statement to the rest of the nation. I'm going to definitely buy in uh, on Colorado this week. Yeah, what are other uh, college football bets that you feel like are kind of sliding under the radar? North Carolina minus 18 versus Appalachian State. Now, UNC had an impressive win over South Carolina last week. Sacked Spencer Rattler nine times, only let up 17 points. That was a major concern for them last season. Appalachian State allowed 24 points to Gardner-Webb last week and is starting their backup quarterback this week. So I love North Carolina minus 18 there. Arkansas minus 38 versus Kent State. Kent State, by the way, one of these teams that I'm going to fade every single week. They gave almost 400 rushing yards in their first game to UCF, and now they get to face Arkansas's offensive line and stable of running backs. That'll be a funny one. A couple others I like, Oregon. Uh, minus six and a half at Texas Tech. Oregon won their first game versus Portland State, eighty-one to seven. Has weapons all over the field. Um, Texas Tech lost by two points at Wyoming last week. And here in Connecticut, I of course have to rep my UConn Huskies. Plus one thirty on the money line at Georgia State. UConn lost to NC State. Uh, 24 to 14. I watched every snap of that game because apparently I like to put myself through some pain, but I, went, I, I was pretty impressed with what I saw out of their defense in that. They got some chunk plays out of running back Victor Rosa, who's going to see more snaps this week. Meanwhile, Georgia State's a favorite, but they narrowly avoided an upset against subdivision team Rhode Island last week and allowed 408 passing yards uh, to them in that matchup. So I love the Huskies. And finally, Rutgers minus nine versus Temple. Rutgers is back. I'm saying it now. Greg Schiano has brought this team back. Their defense, I think, is going to be a pretty solid unit all season. Now they can throw the ball downfield with Gavin Wimsat under center. They made Northwestern look pretty silly last week. And it took a second-half comeback for Temple to get past Akron last week. And they ended up only ended up winning by three points. So Rutgers minus nine versus Temple is uh, the last pick there. Dan Carpet, great talking to you, man. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Dan. You too. Thanks, everybody. Between college and the NFL, that's like 20 different plays that you could take right there. That's for sure. Uh, could Caleb Williams really stay another year at USC? Someone's talking about it. It's Bet MGM Tonight.